Hello and welcome to the Fossil Huntress podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. Today on the show, I wanted to take you back up to the Kootenai region of British Columbia. So wherever you are in the world, fly over Canada to her far west coast. And we're going to push up to the region around Cranbrook. So the Kootenai and Columbia rivers and valleys. I was there in the summer looking for some Upper Cambrian uh, trilobite sites, sites new to me that I'd never been to in the Tangle, Tanglefoot Mountain area. And I also wanted to return to some Lower Cambrian sites. So these are the ones of the Eager Formation. So back in the 1920s, when we first found our first trilobite sites in uh, the Cranbrook area, it's when the construction of the Kootenai Highway was um, being built to connect Cranbrook with Fort Steele and beyond. And these, these um, first trilobite sites, these lower Cambrian eager formation sites were discovered. They're just a shade older than the middle Cambrian Burgess Shale. And the fauna here is much less varied. So I've seen um, Tezoya come out of there and I've seen beautiful Olanellids, so Winaria dunne, the size of your hand, maybe a little bigger than your hand outstretched, and little tiny um, uh, Olanellus ricei, which would be about, mm, from about the size of your thumb to about the size of one of your fingers, so um, with a nice long tail. So some beautiful Olanellids come out of here. But there was another site that I'd never been to, and um, this one, so there was the original sites, some off the roadway, and then the Tunaha Nation site was one of the ones that I wanted to go and visit and take some photos of. So I was in and out in about five minutes. Um, but during that time, I got to drive through the nation once, going in to take those photos, and then drive back and stop in town um, to see what they're up to on those traditional lands and learn more about them. So I'll share that with you here. The Tunaha, or Kootenai, people and nation have occupied the lands adjacent to the Kootenai and Columbia rivers and around the Arrow Lakes of British Columbia for more than 10,000 years. So their traditional territory was much bigger than their current territory. Um, so all the way stretching out to Calgary and Revelstoke, well north of Golden and well south of Cranbrook. So it was a very large traditional territory and it has mountains and wetlands and rivers. Um, I'm sure when the first the first of their nation came to, to the, the um, Kootenai Valley, they looked around and thought, oh, we're definitely settling here. It is beautiful, really, really stunning country. And um, they've done a, a wonderful job throughout uh, time of really keeping that natural beauty and they have origin stories that speak of the rocks and crags about the the big hoodoos up on the mountainside as you drive through um, to the eager formation these are the ribs of a giant and so they have their stories um, around the earth and their tales and their language and their language is actually a very uh it's it's a little it's a charles darwin's finch in that because they were isolated for so long from other people that their, um, their language has uh, evolved in isolation and is uniquely theirs, uniquely Tunaha, which is a beautiful thing. 
So I drove through, when I say five minutes in and out, that's not strictly true. I was with Guy Sanducci and I was very interested to A, learn about the Tunaha, um, see the big hoodoos and learn about their, um, their origin stories around those being the ribs of a giant. And I was also very interested in taking a couple of photos of the eager formation, so that lower Cambrian site, similar to the Silhouette Range or Rifle Range um, eager formation outcrops. And so I wanted to take pictures of that site and I wanted to um, just to honor that time. So we went in, we, there's a little turnabout. So I hopped out of uh, Guy's truck so I could take a couple of photos of the hillside and I'll share those with you. And then he turned around and as he drove along the eager, I, I ran along the roadway and then hopped into the ditch because it's a road cut site and picked up a couple of pieces of rock until I found one with a little um, cephalon, a little head shield of an olinellid trilobite that had been shed. So this wasn't a, a deathbed site. The trilobites mold, molted the way um, crabs and other arthropods molt. And so he molted his little head shield and I wanted that one moment where I'm holding my hand up with the fossil, with the little uh, trilobite head shield and the site in the background. And once I got that photo, and that would have been under five minutes, then I set the rock back where it was. So take nothing, disturb nothing. And then Guy and I were able to get back in the truck and go into town and learn about what uh, the people on that traditional territory and lands are doing today. One of the things that impressed me most as we drove back into town is how the Tunaha have really um, captured their land and uh, turned points in history um, into something good. So back in the day, so around 1912, the St. Eugene Mission Residential School was built. And as you know, the story of the residential schools, it's kind of a daddy knows best and we'll, we'll turn you heathens. Um, into Christians at any cost. So um, not a proud uh, time in our history and, and certainly we're in a process of reconciliation. Um, but this is in our, our collective recent history. This is, there are individuals alive today who were in residential schools and there's individuals not alive today who died there. So it's not a proud part of our history. But I was really impressed at the way the Tunaha embraced this part of their past. They didn't look away, they didn't hide it. You can drive up to the um, residential school. It's been turned into a very high-end resort with a accompanying golf courses. So you can come and you can walk through time, walk through the gardens and learn about that point in history. So it was actually a residential school from 1912 all the way through to the 1970s, which is kind of horrifying. I would have, I picture this as being something back in, you know, 1910, 1920, but no, this is, this is recent history. And so you can walk through and learn about that history. They've got um, beautiful photographs from that time um, in the now resort, then residential school. It's a big brick building with uh, red roofs and lovely gardens and you can walk all the way through. There's ivy and vines growing up the building and it's now an interpretive center where um, they're able to shed a light on and show that history, um, which, isn't, which isn't a wonderful time, but um, they, didn't, they don't look away. And for that, I'm intensely proud of them. 
One of the other things I really noticed about the nation is how thriving and, um, uh, I don't know, coordinated and built up it is. So um, this is a place where the community has really embraced their roots and their heritage, but really moved forward. And they're involved in film um, projects and they're involved in wetland recovery. Um, they've got beautiful leadership. They've got a store that really celebrates and has pieces of their history that you can take away. So it was, a, it was an amazing experience to drive through and to go and to meet with some of the individuals that live there now and hear their stories and walk through that residential school and, um, and not shy away from it, to, to look at it head on and look to the future. And I see them as a thriving nation who will continue to evolve and provide leadership for, um, for all of us in the way that they've, they've taken and embraced their past and look forward and put their face to the sun and, and keep stepping forward. So uh, for that, I, I honor and thank them and acknowledge them. One of the more poignant moments in walking through the, the um, St. Eugene Mission Residential School is a framed portrait of the late elder Mary Paul um, and she's snuggling with a little tabby cat. And beside the painting is an important and oft-repeated quote from her. So, since it was within the St. Eugene Mission School that the culture of the Kootenai Indian was taken away, it should be within this building that it is returned. So I think that spirit of that leadership, particularly in a female elder, which the Tunaha uh, respect and value quite highly, um, that quote really spoke to me and um, I will definitely be sharing a photo album of uh, my time um, on those uh, in that special land and some of the modern scenery that St. Eugene Residential School and those big beautiful hoodoos and the photo of the Olenelid uh, Cephalon from the Eager Formation and I'm very honored that I was able to, uh, to go and um, have that experience and take those photos. I know that there's um, some film projects that are coming out of that same area in the Kootenai region and I really look forward um, to seeing the stories that those, uh, those individuals tell of their nation from their point of pride. Anyway, thanks for listening and have a super day.